Is everyone excited? Amen. Amen. I just want to get a good look at everybody, see which direction I won't look in today. <laughs> see how everybody is. All right, you all look happy. All right, good. This is good. Amen. Well, today I'm going to be talking um, uh, the that, uh, message I was given was Home for the Holidays, and it's how to lead your family to Jesus. And so when I uh, first, they first initially asked me to uh, preach about this, I kind of had like the, you know, my flesh was like, mm, that's a, why can't we just talk about faith or love or peace? Like, why, why does it have to be that? Because that's a, that's a touchy subject for a lot of people is, is leading their family to Jesus. And, and a lot of people, um, even in this room, you have unsaved loved ones and you want them to be saved, but you don't know exactly how to get them saved. And then a lot of people use the excuse, well, you know, it's just my family. I don't want to share, uh, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to be the one to lead them to the Lord or, or I can't. Because, you know, if you know my husband and I, which if this is your first time here, my husband and I uh, are uh, associate pastors here and we um, oversee a lot of outreach and we love leading people to the Lord and we take people out soul winning. And so if you would like to learn how to uh, share the gospel with people and see people get saved, you know, we can train you and, and equip you and, and encourage you. And, and we've seen a lot of fruit from doing that and because that's, that's what the Lord's given us a gift to do. Um, but it's very easy. It's, it, to, to me, the way I look at it is it's much easier to walk up for me to a stranger and share my faith with them and, and share the gospel with them and see them get saved than it is for me to go up to uh, my sibling. And I feel like a lot of people have that mindset. Well, it's easier for me to go get someone else saved, but like I'm not going to share, you know, I'm not going to get my mom saved or my, my son saved or, you know, my granddaughter's just kind of doesn't want to hear it and all of those things. So the Lord really helped me um, with this message because I didn't want anyone to leave here feeling frustrated or, or disappointed, like, yeah, that's so easy to say. Um, but the Lord's going to help you today. And I want to open with this. Everyone say amen. 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 You here? You with me? We good? Is this okay? Is this all right? <laughs> Is this all right? All right. So, Father, I thank you right now. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you right now that you equip every person here. Lord, may they not leave the same way they came in. Father, I pray right now that you just put your, your grace and love and peace over them and their families. And Lord, that you open their hearts to receive revelation from you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So understand this. I'm just going to, before, before I get into it, I have five steps to take to see your family saved. Um, but before I get into this, I want to share um, a couple important things uh, before we get into it. So understand it is God's will for all to be saved. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Verse 4 says, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So some of you might be thinking, well, you know, my cousin doesn't want to be saved, and so they're just not going to be, they just, they chose their life, right? But God wants all to be saved. Even some of the most um, mean, angry people you don't even like to talk to, God still wants them to be saved. Even, you know, it could be, um, you know, it could be an ex-spouse, uh, 
It could be uh, a mother-in-law. It could be someone you can't even stand. God still wants them to be saved. God still wants them to see heaven. You know, God didn't design hell for people, and he doesn't want anyone to go there. So understand this. It's God's will for everyone to be saved, whether we like them or not, okay? Understand that salvation comes through sharing the gospel. Romans 10, verse 14 through 15, it says, but how can they hear or how can they call on him to save them unless they believe? And how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. And I wanted to share this before we get into it, because, um, you know, these five steps to take to see your family saved. I, you know, I, my husband and I, we don't believe uh, that because we, we run into a lot of people. OK, we, we travel and minister and we run into a lot of people who say, well, you know, I don't share the gospel with people. I just live a holy life. And that's people see that and they get saved. I'm not saying you can do that. You know, the gospel, it says, how will they hear unless someone tells them? So yes, sharing the gospel is by stepping up and, and going up to someone and saying, hey, God loves you. He has a great plan for you. If anything were to happen, and, and going through it with them, and, and, and you know, because it says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? So there are, you do have to speak. You do have to speak. You can live a, a holy life and be a good example, and that's great. And a lot of times, that's what family needs to see. You know, you reach family through love and, and, and loving them where they're at and, and not, you know, um, speaking down to them because they don't believe the way you believe or they don't go to church like you go to church and things like that. Because these, um, these points here, it doesn't involve you uh, necessarily going up to your family and, and doing a gospel soul winning script to them, right? Like, like we teach, like just going up through a survey with them. It just involves things that you can mix in with believing for your family to be saved. But I didn't want anyone to leave this room thinking that um, the way we get people saved is just by living a good life. Because if that was the case, there would be a lot more saved people on this earth. Because everyone here lives a good life, right? Everyone's here a good person. If that were the case, then being a good person would get you to heaven. And that's not the case. It's accepting him. It's confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. But these five things here are, and I've seen personally, you know, I have personal testimonies from, from, mix, from mixing these together that will help see your family saved. And I believe that if you take these principles and really uh, run with them, you will see your family saved. Amen? 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 All right. Number one, pray and confess the word over them, over your family. So think of that person that you want to see saved, you want to see on fire for God, living the life God has for them to live, right? Think of that person right now. Are you praying and confessing the word over them? Are you, are you daily waking up and saying, you know, praising God? And this is how I want you to pray. This is your assignment. I want you to pray to God with thanksgiving and praise first, and then boldly and with authority, pray for your unsaved loved one. Do not pray from a place of fear, but a, pla a place of faith. Because uh, faith pleases God, you know. Now, 
when you do that, when you, when you give him thanksgiving and praise, that's an act of faith. God, I thank you that so-and-so is going to wake up today and get saved. Lord, I thank you they're going to encounter you. Lord, I thank you that they, they're going to turn their life around. Lord, I thank you that you're going to open up an opportunity for them. You know, you're, you're already thanking him through faith. In the back of your head, you could be thinking, that would be nice if that happened. Or, or maybe not, you know, it didn't happen yesterday, so what makes me think it's going to happen today? But you got to understand that faith pleases God, and it's the only thing that pleases God, you know? God's not moved by, by tears. God's not moved by fear. Even though he's close to the brokenhearted, you know, it just because you're crying to God doesn't mean that he's, he's moved by it, right? He's, he's not moved by that. He's moved by faith. So when you want something, you have to come in faith because that, he sees that and he said, yes, that's it. That's what I want to see. And, and he, he works with that, right? Because I've, and I've been in that place too. I've, I've come to God just crying because I'm oh God. You know, you get a little emotional. Please spare me, Lord. If this, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And you know, you're just kind of crying. And but, but that 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 was from a place of fear because I didn't know what was going to happen. That was from a place of of doubt because I didn't think God was going to show up. Whereas you come and, and and you boldly, Lord, I thank you. Today is my day to see them saved. Lord, I thank you. You're putting people in their path. Come on, you know, Lord, I thank you that that your hand of protection is over them. Lord, I thank you. You're bringing them home. Lord, and that moves God. That moves God. So you have to pray like that. And you have to have an understanding that when you speak uh, scripture over them, when you speak, uh, you're standing on scripture. Because a lot of you here are probably results of uh, praying parents, praying grandparents, praying aunties and uncles and cousins. You understand what I'm saying? So, so even though, yes, we share our faith in the gospel through sharing the word, prayer works. So even if you think, I can't lead them to the Lord, I can't go up to their house and say, hey, get saved right now, prayer works. You can pray. Yes, powerful prayer will work on our behalf. And find a scripture. You know, in Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So when you understand that scripture, Isaiah 55, 11, you say, Lord, your word doesn't return void. Lord, it, it, it is your will for them to be saved. Lord, that you're, you spoke it. Lord, and I'm just reminding you of your word. And you come to him boldly like that. Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. And then uh, Ezekiel 34, 16, it says, I will search for the, my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. So if you're writing this down, write Ezekiel 34, 16, and stand on that. I will search, this is the Lord saying this, I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them home safely again. So you could stand on that. Lord, you said in your word, you would search for them out and bring them home. Lord, your word does not return void. God, that you are not a liar. Lord, that you hold your word above your name. And when you pray like that, you stir yourself up, you build your faith up to see people get saved, amen? amen? And also in our opening scripture, 1 Timothy 2, it says, uh, Paul is saying, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them. In Romans 10, 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. 
So even Paul is saying he's prayed for people to be saved. He's longed for people to be saved. So it's not uh, worthless or, or a waste of time to just hope people get saved or pray people get saved or have faith that people will be saved. Amen? All right, number two, intercede on their behalf. We have number one, pray and confess the word over them. Number two, intercede on their behalf. And again, our opening scripture, 1 Timothy 2, he says, well, uh, or I say this, actually, this is my note. Um, listen, this is not another excuse I get. Well, you know, that's, that, listen, don't be finding me after service and saying, listen, you don't understand my situation or this, ain't, this doesn't work for me. Or, I didn't like what you said about this. Don't, don't find me after service. Find my husband and tell him, okay? He will filter it out. Um, another excuse I, we always hear is, well, everyone has free will. Everyone has a free will. Everyone has, and that's true. Yes, the Lord gave everyone free will. He gave everyone uh, the free will to choose uh, to, to love him or to not love him, and that is true. But um, don't cling on to that. Don't settle for that. Don't just give up because of that. Don't just throw in the towel because everyone has free will. You had a free will. And I'm sure everyone in this room has had free will and they chose something and, and changed their mind. I mean, I've already changed my mind 10 times on what outfit I was going to wear today because last night I thought I had it and it, you know what I'm saying, it just didn't work out. So everyone's got a free will, but everyone also is open to change. Everyone also is, is open to the love of God. People are moved by, by the love and, and, and people, are, people are longing for something. There's, you know, everyone long, is longing to know the Lord. And they kind of mask it with, with science or they just kind of mask it with, oh, uh, there's a greater one out there or a greater power out there. But everyone has that longing and desire to know the Lord. And then, they, you know, if they don't, they just, they just don't know it's the Lord. So we've, we've met many people who just who never heard of church, never heard of, of God, never heard of salvation, never thought about heaven. And it was something that it wasn't like they were intentionally... Um, trying to avoid, they just never knew. And we've seen people get saved. So don't count yourself out. Stand in the gap, intercede on their behalf. You can see throughout the Bible where people stood in the gap for others. And uh, in Luke 7, it talks about um, the Roman officer who was sick and near death. Well, let's just read it. Luke 7, 1 through 10, it says, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jews, Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to come and help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived to the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. 
Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Verse 10, and when the officer's friend returned to his house, they found his slave completely healed. So I understand this is talking about healing, but he was standing in the gap. He was standing in the gap. This guy's on his deathbed, and and someone else, you know, his, his the officer, he said, "You know what? I know if Jesus were here, this man would be healed." And then he, and then his faith even, you know what? Don't even don't even finish the journey. Just say the word, and this man will be healed. It wasn't the man on the deathbed saying, bring Jesus to me. It wasn't the man on the deathbed saying, you know, I really need a you know, Jesus to come here and Jesus, please, would you come here? It was, it was the officer standing in the gap. It was the middleman. You understand what I'm saying? It was a middleman. So we can do, we can access that through faith where Lord, I know this person isn't saved, but father, I'm standing in the gap. You can come up for prayer, and that just shows you can come up for prayer for other people and say, Lord, they can't physically make it. I'm standing in the gap. You know, this person could be in another country. You could be here to stand in the gap. Amen? Which brings me to my third point is have faith. Have faith to see your family saved. Jesus said, I have not seen faith like this. Let that be said about us. Let Jesus see us and say, I haven't seen faith like this. I haven't seen faith like this. She's really, she is standing in the gap. She's praying. She's believing. Let it be said, I haven't seen faith like this. Let our faith rise up. Hebrews eleven six, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So it's impossible to please him without faith. That's what I was saying is, is you know, tears don't move God. Uh, our emotion doesn't move God. Uh, our situation doesn't move God. But faith moves God. Faith moves God. Romans 12.3 says, uh, we have all been given a measure of faith. And Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. So understand this. If you're in the house today and you're saved, you have a measure of faith. You already have a measure of faith. It's been given to you. But it's what you do with that faith that determines your situations in life, how you view them. It it determines, are you going to be a victor or a victim? And some of you might say, well, I don't have faith like so-and-so, or I don't have this much faith, or I don't have the faith for that, or anything like that. Faith is a muscle. You have to grow it, right? You have to grow it. You don't just, you don't just get saved and automatically you have uh, the most faith or anything like that. It starts in the little things. It starts with having faith to see uh, your finances recovered. It starts with having faith to see uh, your desires come to pass, whatever it is. And you, you grow your faith through that. So even if you might still have some doubt in your heart, ask the Lord to remove that and, and stand in faith. Because that, and, and, and stand in that because um, in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how you grow your faith. That's how you grow your faith is hearing the word of God. You know, you don't pray for more faith and ask God. God's already given us faith. He said, I've already given you. What are you doing with what I've given you? Are you listening to the word? Are you putting on uh, scripture? Are you getting into your word? Are you standing on the word? Are you growing? Because that's how faith grows. Even in um, the 10 minutes I've been up here, you've heard enough scripture to understand that your faith is already growing. 
Because why? Not because I'm up here and I chose this outfit to wear with these heels. It's because you've heard the word go forth and the word is what activates your faith. It's what grows your faith. So you might have walked in here having no faith, having no hope, having no desire to be here, but by the end of this service, you're going to be activated. Your faith is going to be grown. You're going to be believing to see what it is that God has for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you growing your faith to see your loved ones saved? Are you seeking out scripture to stand on on their behalf? Are you confessing scripture over them? There's power in confession. There's power in that. Even this holiday season, when you're, uh, you know, when you're home for Christmas and you're talking about that person in your family that's not saved, don't say, oh yeah, that'll take a miracle. Right? right? Don't, don't say, and if you have, just repent and move on. Don't ever say that again. Don't say, oh yeah, that'll be the day. Hell freezes over. Yeah. Right? Don't say that. Don't say that. That's doubt. That's not, that's not uh, a positive confession. God can't work with that. God can't do anything with that. Right? So you say, yep, I can't wait to get the phone call that they've given their life to the Lord. And then if anyone in your family starts talking, you be the one to stand up and, and be that example that says, you know what? I can't wait until they give their heart to the Lord. I think it might even happen today. I think we might even get the call today. I think they might even encounter God today. You know, be that person. You got to be kicked out of your family's Christmas. Listen, you might need to be kicked out of your family's Christmas party because you need to be so full of faith that any, any form of doubt just, it just irritates your spirit like sandpaper. You can't even stand to listen to it. You need to be so encouraged. You need to go in there and bring the hope. And if, and if, you if all of your family is unsaved, then you need to go in there and love them and be that example because we are called to be the example. We're called, people are supposed to look at us and desire what we have. They're supposed to look at us and desire our life. They're supposed to look at us and desire our connections with the Lord. They're supposed to look at us because we are the example. Nobody wants to be saved if you look just like them. I'm going to be honest. If I saw, if I was born and raised in a church where everybody's broke, busted, disgusted, and they pass down the same prayer request, you know, 17 years in a row while I'm still unspoken prayer request for me. And, you know, and they just, they're depressed and they don't really, uh, you know, there's nothing to offer there. I wouldn't have grown up and wanted anything to do with God. Do you understand? I, if I saw, if I surrounded myself with people like that, who were just always like, well, it's hot, well, it's cold, well, you know, can't wait till vacation, work 40 years of my life, and this is what I get, you know, if I, like, just gripling and complaining, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. But, but I, but I wasn't raised like that. I was raised around, you know, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm, I'm around, I surrounded myself with, with joyful people. Ministry wasn't hard. It was fun. It was so fun seeing people uh, uh, being touched by the Lord. And, and, and that was the example that was given to me. So it, why, that's why I'm here today. It's because I realized ministry is not hard. Ministry, it, it, it's not. It's, it's, it's full of joy. I have so much fun. My husband and I have so much fun in ministry. You know what I mean? We're not sitting around the table saying, well, if I just would have went and worked at Dillard's. I could have at least gotten 30% off employee discount. You know, like, well, I don't covet anything the world has to offer because I'm living my best life in the ministry with them. So you be that example to your family. 
Hey, why are you so happy when so-and-so isn't here this year? Hey, why are you so full of joy when, when you know this just happened? Well, hey, why, why are you so vibrant? Be that for someone because that's, what, that's the example that they see and say, I want that. What do you have that I don't? I want that. I want that in my life. Amen? Amen. Number four. Listen, I need y'all to keep that energy up because it's about to go somewhere. Sow a seed on their behalf for their salvation. Sow a seed for their salvation. Number four, sow a seed for their salvation. While you're contending for your family to be saved, go and get others' families' members saved. And I've seen this happen. I'm telling you, I've seen all five of these work in my life. I've seen all, in, in all uh, 24 years of my life, I've seen this happen. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience. This isn't just some, you know, blog post I saw and thought, oh, that's a good one. Like, I'm speaking this from my experience. Sow a seed for their salvation. Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So it's a law of the land. People call it karma because they don't understand. It's a law of the land. What you sow, you will reap. And I know we're in a sowing church, so you have that understanding that you, you can sow and see and reap that. But it works the same with, with, with soul winning. And we talk about this in our training. It works the same with soul winning. When you go out and lead someone to the Lord, you have the, the, uh, the confidence to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you that you're going to put someone else in my sister's path. I thank you that you're going to put someone else in my granddaughter's path. I thank you that you're going to send some, because I went out, I thank you you're going to send somebody and I shall reap a harvest in my family. Amen. You know, that happened not too long ago. My husband and I, we were in Wisconsin. We took a group out soul winning, and we were just going door to door, inviting people to uh, church and, and leading people to the Lord and, and encouraging them. And my husband knocked on a door, and this uh, girl, probably my age, answered. And he, you know, invited her to church, and she was just kind of like, whoa, okay. And he uh, asked her, you know, has anyone ever told you God loves you? And, and, and he led her to the Lord. And after she told him, I mean, she was getting emotional. Like, it was, she was really getting touched from God. And she said, you know what? My brother is always trying to get me to go to church with him. I, didn't, I don't remember if he was a pastor or in ministry, but she said, he's always telling me he's praying for me. He's always trying to, you know, share the Bible with me. He's always trying to do all this stuff. She said, I have to call him now and tell him what happened. He's not going to believe what just happened. Amen. So you understand, and I mean, we were an, I mean, you understand, God, like the, the backstory of that is, him and I were an hour away from home on a Saturday morning taking out a group to go win souls. Do you understand how much thought, like that would, like how God just orchestrated that? How we could have just not gone or how we could have just went a different day and she might not have been home. Like God was so into the detail that he sent us an hour away to go lead her to the Lord. Because she had a brother that wanted to see her saved but couldn't reach her himself. Amen. So when you go out and you lead people to the Lord, don't take it lightly. 
Whatever it is you're believing for, Lord, I'm going to go lead this person to the Lord, and I thank you. You're going to send somebody, whether they have to come from another country, whether they have to get a plane, train, automobile, Father, you're sending them to this person's house. Lord, they're going to encounter you at the store. Lord, that they're going to radically change. Amen. So a seed. So a seed for that. So a seed for that. Don't just, you know, do it because we tell you to, right? <laughs> Put, and if you don't, and if all of your family's saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and you don't really have family you need to believe for, then you, that works with, Lord, I thank you that you're going to bless me for this. What are you believing for? Lord, I thank you. Uh, the miracle is going to come into my hand. The healing is going to come into my hand. Father, that I'm diligently seeking you in faith, Father. And it works the same way because that gets God's attention. Why? Because not everybody does it. Not everybody does it. A lot of churches don't, eat, like, you know, they, they end the year without winning souls, without uh, uh, inviting people to church to be saved, without, without reaching, which is why, you know, we're so passionate about uh, outreach, is because it's like, we don't, want, we don't want to be that. We want to make a difference. We want to uh, see people saved because that's what matters, right? And I'm preaching this message to encourage you even this week, not just so you can sit here and clap, you know, which I love. Thank you. It encourages me. But just not just so you could hear like a, a warm and fuzzy message and, and be on fire, but really take this. Really take this. Maybe, maybe you can't lead your mom to the Lord, but you know what? You could stand on these principles and mix in your faith and see it happen. Maybe you, maybe you can't even talk to that person because they're blocked in your phone, been blocked 10 years, but you can stand in the gap for them and pray that God puts a soul winner in their path. Amen. And number five, understand you have access to boldness to share the gospel. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, some of you may look at my husband and count yourself out uh, from soul winning because you see how radical and on fire and extrovert he is, and you're just like, Yeah, that's just his personality, okay? So you might count yourself out and be like, I can't do what he does because that ain't how I was built, right? That's not how the Lord designed me. So I'm going to use myself as an example. Because some of you may look at him and, count, I mean, I, that's what I did. I was like, okay, he's he too on fire. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he really on fire. Like, I thought I was on fire, but he is really on fire. And, but then I realized that, you know, look at, just to share what the Lord's done in my life, you know, I had never won anyone to the Lord growing up. And I'd always had that desire to, but I, I never uh, had the people skills. I never could, you know. And, and if you would have given me this microphone and this opportunity, which thank you, by the way, for this opportunity. I should have started with that. But thank you for this opportunity. If you would have given me this opportunity maybe six years ago, I, I, would, I would probably be in the back, <laughs> like crying. <laughs> because, I, you know, people, they scared me. I couldn't look them in the eye. I couldn't shake their hand. I tried really hard, but it just made me feel like so nervous and all this stuff. And the Lord has done like a complete 180. And, and, and even the first time I ever won someone to the Lord, I determined in my heart, I said, I'm tired of just hearing about it. Because that's what, that's what happened for six months. I had already knew how to win someone to the Lord for uh, a year, but I'd never done it because I just didn't have that courage or boldness. 
And I decided in my heart, you know what, I'm going to go share the gospel with someone. And I drove to uh, a Walmart because people there are very approachable. And uh, I just said, you know what, this is, this is going to be it. And, and I stood, I sat in my car. I said, I'm not leaving this parking lot. I'm not driving away until I've talked to one person, just one. And so I walked inside of Walmart, and it was a little bit later, and I was by myself, so I was very uh, mindful. And there's some, some people there, and I said, you know, I would never, I'm not approaching them. They're too scary. They, they scare, you know. They scare, like, you know. And so I kept walking around, and it's like 9 p.m. at Walmart, and I go back to the men's shoe section because I heard someone back there. I said, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And there was an older gentleman back there looking for work shoes. Why that late or that time? I don't know. He just needed to be there for me. Amen. <laughs> and I kind of was just talking to him, and he was showing me pictures of his grandson. And, and, I, and I said, you know, has anyone ever told you God loves you? And he said, oh, yes, yes. So if anything were to happen, you know for sure you'd go to heaven. He said, oh, I don't, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I said, great, that's the answer. I'm like looking, I'm checking, doing the checklist. And I said, well, I just want to um, pray with you. And I'm shaking, y'all. Like I'm shaking. Like this guy, I mean, you know, I was so sweating like bullets. He probably thought he was about to get mugged, right? Because he's like, what is she so nervous about? We're just talking. Why is she like acting so strange? And I prayed with him. And he prayed, and he received the Lord into his heart. And he said, well, I got to go catch my bus now. And, and, and I left that place, and I was so stirred up because I was, I was thinking, like, that wasn't so bad. I was like, this whole time, for a whole year, I wouldn't talk to anybody. And that was, like, that wasn't so bad. Like, you always expect in your mind they're going to, like, cuss you out and, like, you know, report you, get you arrested, and you're going to go to prison, and then you have to start a prison ministry. And... <laughs> You might have to shave your head and you just like all this stuff. I was like, that was it. That was it. That wasn't so bad at all. And then you know what I stood on? I said, wow, I did it. The Lord helped me do it. I said, I could do that again. Because then the next time I went to go do it again, something, you know, my, my flesh was like, you can't do that. You don't want to do that. But then my spirit said, you've already done it once. You've already done it. You've already got, you've already broken through. Like you've already gotten it once. And I'm not even kidding. The Lord set me up for, for, uh, in for, I was praying for football teams. I was praying in schools for, for uh, crowds of 120 people at a time. Like it, it went like from zero to hundred, like really quick. Like the Lord just said, here you go. And he put the courage and, and the uh, grace to do it in me where I would walk away and be like, what just happened? I didn't even know, you know, he put me in, in uh, scenes where I was leaving the gym one night. I mean, that right there was a miracle. Um, and and I, saw, I witnessed with my eyes a car wreck. Someone T-boned, and she had three small kids in the back of the car. And I was able to pull over and, and go to her before any paramedic or fireman. And I just said, hey, I said, are you okay? And she said, yes. And, we're, and I just prayed for her. I said, can I pray for your kids? She said, yes. And I prayed for them. I said, has anyone told you God loves you? God put me in those kind of situations. I was able to lead people to the Lord. I was walking in a college one time, leading people to the Lord there, and I saw a girl sitting in a, in a corner crying, just sobbing, got off the phone. And I mean, you talk about God's timing. And she said, my best friend just got hit by a bus and she didn't make it. And she's just crying. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, do you, because in that moment, eternity's real. You're young, eternity's real. Someone, something happens, a tragedy happens, eternity becomes very real. 
where it's not about the, the fun and games and party and, and going out with the girls and all this stuff. It's, it's real. I said, if anything were to happen to you, and she gave her life to the Lord right there. And, and so you understand, like, and of course we pray that, that they, I, I mean, we, we lead people to the Lord. We get them plugged into church. I mean, even my friend here on the second row, I just gave her a flyer to the church and she, she was here. You know how often that's happening in, in the five years I've been in ministry? One time, she's the only one. <laughs> she's the only one. But that encourages me. I said, I can't stop. I might have invited people to church for five years in a row, but I, I got one. She came. She brought her husband. She's here. So I said, I can't stop. Now I've seen it happen. I can't stop inviting people to church because I've seen them come. I've seen their lives get transformed and changed. Amen? Amen. So understand that. I, and that's, the, that's the scripture I stood on. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. So if I ever have fear, I understand it's not from God. If I have anxiety, I understand it's not from God. If I have worry, I understand it's not from God. I may experience the symptoms of it. I may feel like I want to throw up when I'm talking to somebody. I may feel sweaty when I'm talking to somebody. I might be shaken and, and, and nervous when I'm talking to somebody. But I, don't, I refuse to let that be an excuse in my life for sharing the gospel. And understand that you have that same access. And some of you, some of you, you might not even have, it might not even be that situation I explained in the beginning where it's tough to talk to your family, you know, well, you don't know my family and stuff like that. But then I think of uh, uh, Pam, who comes to this church, who we trained her up to win souls. And you know what she did? She called 11 of her family members and won them to the Lord, right? She was trying to build up the, the courage to go out and talk to strangers. So she led her family to the Lord first to help build her confidence on how to do it. I said, do you understand? Like, that's a big deal. That's, a, that's usually the opposite. I've, I talk to strangers a lot easier than I talk to family. But so not everyone has that story. So you don't have to just bow down. Well, you know, someone else will, will come along and do it. If God gives you that, that, that go, that push and says, no, you be the one. You know, I even think of my husband who, who, when his father passed away, he, you know, each of the sons shared um, something about their dad. And my husband, he was last and he got up there at the funeral and his whole family's in the, th in the crowd. And he said, you know, I know where my dad is. Some of you might not have that security. And if you don't, I want to pray right now and let his family to the Lord at his, at his father's funeral, at our wedding. I said, I said, I want to have a great wedding, and it's going to be great and all eyes on us, but I want to end our wedding ceremony with a salvation call, an altar call at our wedding. Because I said, family's going to be in the room, and I want them to be saved. Yeah. Right? So take opportunity. Take opportunity. Don't just count yourself out. God gives you the grace to do all things through Christ. He strengthens us to, and gives us that, that, that encouragement. Take an opportunity if it's presented to you this year. Take an opportunity. Maybe you're having a heart-to-heart -heart with someone. Take the opportunity to share what God's done in your life. Don't be timid. Oh, well, we don't say the word God around here. No. Say, I'm so blessed this year. Let me tell you what's happening at my church. Let me tell you how we're reaching people. Let me tell you uh, how good God's been to me. Man, I can't wait for the new year. Take that opportunity. Amen? And this is another point. Amen. This is another point. Mark 16 
15 through 16, he said, and, and he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I just want to encourage you, if you're not encouraged already and powered and fired up to go lead people to the Lord, understand that it's a, it's a command from God. It's a mandate from God. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, uh, pastors, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, evangelists, go ye into all the world. Uh, apostles, only the apostles stand up in the house. Uh, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say that. He was talking to those who follow him. He was talking to, to the, the Christ followers. Go ye into all the world. That's us. Just because you're not a minister or have a ministry or feel anointed or feel, you might not even feel saved, right? You are, that's not an excuse from, from not sharing the gospel with other people. It's not by, we don't move by feeling, right? It's by faith you're saved. It's by faith you please God. It's, it's through faith. So don't count yourself out. Well, you know, I've never, I don't even read, you know, you might not even read the Bible on a daily basis. You might, you might not even read the Bible. I don't know. But don't count yourself out because it's, if you're a believer in him, if you follow Christ and he's, and he's Lord of your life, that's us. So once you're saved, you share that with other people. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm going to close with this. So just to recap, if you're taking notes and I talked really fast, uh, that's an impartation from my husband. Um, one, pray and confess the word over them. Intercede on their behalf. Three, have faith. Four, sow a seed for their salvation. Five, understand you have access to boldness to share the gospel. And I want to close with this. In Matthew 18, 19, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Amen. If two of you, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, concern anything you ask, if two of you agree, my Father will do it from heaven, in heaven will do it. So you understand his word doesn't return void. You understand he's not a man that he lies. You understand that he sees to it his word is, is fulfilled and flourishes. You understand that, that we have the faith. We have boldness. Boldness and faith please God. And he says, if two of you ask, if two of you are in agreement concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And I want to tell you right now, the word has gone forth, so faith is in this atmosphere. Whether you feel it or not, whether you feel warm and fuzzy or not, faith is in this atmosphere because the word of God has been preached. Not because of what I said, but the word of God. So understand, you, you can grow your faith right now. And if you, I want to open up the altar here. Let me do this first. Just all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If what I'm preaching today, this morning... You feel like you, you want to share, you want to do more, you want to be involved in, in, in the church, but you don't, even, you don't even know if you're saved. And you have a voice telling you you're not even saved, you don't have access to that, you can't do that. Maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't remember a time that you have. Maybe you have a long time ago, but you just like to make sure. I don't want anybody to... to um, Leave this place feeling discouraged, leaving this place uh, confused or concerned. Maybe, and you know, a good sign to tell is if your heart's beating out of your chest and you feel uh, nervous or, or scared or anything like of those sorts. 
I don't want you to leave this place the same way. I want you to leave this place knowing that you know that you know that today on December 12th was the day I, I was sold out for God. Today was the day I was sold out for God. So maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know if heaven is your home. Maybe you're just not sure. I want to I wanna say uh, uh, together a prayer. So if that's you, will you just lift your hand so I could just see who I'm praying for? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, he wouldn't let me go forward without giving this opportunity. So I'm gonna say, we're going to say this as a family, but mean it in your heart. Make today, today, whatever change needs to be made, make the change. December 12th, I mean, you have so much time for God to come through at the end of the year, to start a new year fresh, knowing that, that you're on your way to heaven, that you have access to all of these promises. Amen? Amen. So say this with your heart and lips out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you're coming back for me. Fill me with your boldness. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. Will you just welcome everybody? All of those who said that for the first time or the first time in a long time, we want to welcome you. We don't want, you made the greatest decision of your life. You have so much, uh, you have everything, is, you've already have faith, you're equipped, so don't count yourself out. And I would love to, uh, to meet with you if you want to grab me or my husband or any pastor here and say, hey, I said that prayer. We would love to, to just to get to know you. So I'm going to open up the altars right now. And the Lord told me to do this very specifically because I read, I read this scripture and it stood out. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. So I'm going to come into agreement. If you need me to come into agreement with you uh, in faith for boldness to lead others to the Lord. Maybe you just don't feel bold. Maybe you just don't uh, have the, the skill, whatever, whatever you've been saying. You, need, you want to do this. You want to share the gospel with your friends and your family and your coworkers, and, and you want that. Then I'm going to open the altar. And then two, if you need me to come into agreement that your loved one will be saved, I want you to come up here. But I don't want you to come up here with doubt in your heart. Only stand up here if, you, if you're coming up here in faith. Don't come up here with the mentality, because it's the mentality of you come up here like, well, I'll go up there and I'll just see what happens or I'll go up there, but nothing happened the last time. Or I'll go up there, but I doubt it'll happen. Don't come up here. Because this right here, I want it to be such a faith-filled atmosphere that you come up here with the mindset of as soon as my feet hit the steps, they're, co- they're coming home. As soon as my feet hit the steps, I'm receiving boldness. As soon as I get up there and we come into agreement, it's done. Amen? So if that's you, you want boldness to lead others to the Lord? I'm going to pray that on you, the same boldness God gave me and brought me out, and, and, and I was able to lead, my husband and I have been able to lead thousands of people to the Lord. All glory to God, not in my strength, but through God. And I, so I've seen it happen. I've seen him take somebody and use them. Or you want someone to come into agreement.
that your loved one's going to get saved. Maybe, maybe your mom won't come into agreement because she doesn't have the faith you have. Maybe your brother's not going to come into agreement because he doesn't have the faith you have. I want to let you know that I'm going to come into agreement that it's going to be done. So if that's you, I want to invite you up here right now. You can just make your way and, and have it with the mentality of the moment my feet hit the platform, I believe it's done. Have, have that mentality. The moment my feet hit the platform, I believe it's done. The moment my feet hit the platform, I believe it's done. Father, I thank you for everyone coming up here. Just as you come up here, just pray in tongues. If you're filled with the Spirit, Father, I thank you. I thank you that right now, just lift your hands to heaven. If you'd like to stand with us as we preach the gospel and go after souls, you can do so by going to mjvministries.com and clicking Give Now. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search MJV Ministries and subscribe. Thanks for listening.